I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, a married man, Nate Langson. (laughs) And me, also a married man, Ian Morris. Uh, and brought to you by you. Thank you, obviously, to our patrons supporting us every week at patreon.com slash UK Tech. Uh, this is your extended cut of this week's show if you're a patron. But if you're not and you'd like to get it, uh, along with our weekly columns, one of which uh, we're going to be talking about this week, uh, head to patreon.com forward slash UK Tech to find out how you can support us. And thank you to uh, some of our new patrons this week. Tom Edge, Alex Bailey, I believe, joined us this week. So thank you to, to you guys. Ian was on uh, Tom Merritt, a uh, friend of the show, uh, DTNS, uh, when uh, following the wedding, because Tom Merritt was over here uh, for the wedding. and uh, It was really good. And I'll tell you what, it's, um, it's so different doing that show to how it is doing this show. I mean, oh, the good thing about DTNS is that it, for the Patreons, you've got that kind of pre-show and post-show, which is quite good. Um, but the, the show is so tight. It's like, you know, that there's not a lot of time to expand on stuff and you just have to get through it. It's quite good. And I completely lost my train of thought. It was the most embarrassing thing ever. Well, um, I, was, I, was, I, I, lis- I was listening to it, uh, but I listened to it after the fact. Yes. Because I, I, I planned on listening to it on my honeymoon, but I, I believe I was in a hot tub uh, drinking a whiskey and watching... Looking at the stars. And looking at the stars, and so I didn't... Was it good, by the way? Did it From a, from a stargazing perspective, was your honeymoon uh, everything you'd hoped for? Oh, absolutely. You could see it the It wasn't milk. cloudy or anything like that. Uh, most nights it was, but one night it very much wasn't. And That's good. And, and you took a telescope. We, well, we forgot the telescope. Oh, how do you forget the telescope? I know, telescope? It, it was a shame. We, we, we forgot the telescope. But um, it was, I mean, you could see the Milky Way banding across the sky. Oh, so that's it, like, it was It was fantastic. It was great. Yeah. But, I, but I did I did listen to the DTNS, um, the Patreon version, including the pre and post show. And uh, it was, I enjoyed my mentions. Um, they yes. Were, they, were, they were enjoyable. Um, you yes. and I need to talk about equity ownership of, uh, of the, <laughs> the non-entity that is text message yeah exactly exactly uh, that was i thought i thought you'd get a kick out of that oh i got it, it. it's quite, it quite good fun yeah. i can't i can't even remember the context now how did it even come up i i can't remember either oh uh, yeah I i'll have remember. to i'll have to have a listen at some point um well uh, coming up next week and this is weird to start a show by saying what isn't going to be coming up today uh is uh stuff about the pixel 2 google's pixel 2 because um we they're, they're out now and I've I've got a couple of them here but really because of my honeymoon haven't had enough time to really do anything with them so we're going to cover that next week there are plenty of reviews online um, if you want to talk about uh, or read about what people have been talking about the Pixel but I was on uh, the CNET UK uh, podcast this week uh, talking about the Pixel 2 and, um, and a, a variety of other um tech topics with andy hoyle so listen to that it's out now i can't remember the title but it'll be the one that was released uh, on friday just gone so uh so check that out and we'll be talking about the pixel next week instead of talking about things we're not going to talk about this week how about we talk about something we are going to talk about this week Mm. ian good shout man good shout 
Well, some smartwatches designed for children have security flaws, apparently, that make them vulnerable to hackers, uh, a watchdog has learned, according to the BBC this week. The watchdog in question is the Norwegian Consumer Council, uh, which tested watches from brands including Gator and GPS for Kids. The Beeb reported that the NCC said it discovered that attackers could track, eavesdrop, or even communicate with the wearers, which obviously is a very big problem given the wearers are predominantly children. The manufacturers involved have insisted the problems have either already been resolved or are being addressed. Now, you may wonder why is this a story for a UK-focused tech podcast? Well, the repercussions are already being felt in Britain because The Telegraph reported that in response to this discovery, or rather this report from the watchdog, um, giant retailer John Lewis, which stocks Gator watches, uh, has removed them from sale. It said that... um, it removed them for the website, but I think crucial to mention is that Gator, of which uh, they make the watches that John Lewis stocked, the one the NCC tested is not the one that John Lewis stocked, um, but uh, a spokesperson for John Lewis said as a precautionary measure, we've re- withdrawn from sale all Gator smartwatch products while we await further advice and reassurance from the supplier. Mm. So this is a big this is a big issue, I think, because these sorts of technologies uh are more predominantly now being used for kids to be spied upon by their parents and i use spied upon actually (laughs) in a nice sense it's a security device at heart um you know they're designed often for children who are who are maybe too young to have a smartphone um you know there's an app that parents will have on their phone that allows them to look at where the child is you know make sure they get to school okay but they also have features like sos buttons so if they're you know in a problem they can press an sos button and i think they either make a call or they send the gps location to the parents app um and they can also create um, like they can't make calls from them necessarily as uh, you know freely but they can have sort of certain numbers pre-programmed you know mum and dad or grandparents or an uncle or something um that they can sort of press a button and it will it will call them so they're a good idea in some ways in principle but apparently easily exploitable now ian i don't have kids but but you have a pair of kids i do have would a pair you of kids. use or do you use any of these types of technologies with them um, it's not relevant for us yet because our, my kids are too young to be anywhere without us anyway. So apart from, I mean, obviously Izzy's at school and well, so is Bob. But um, for the most part, that you know, there's there's very few worries there because they're not leaving without supervision and they're you know we know where they are at, at any given minute. Um, but I've got friends who've got older kids. Um, I've got one particular friend who I went to university with, and I talked, and he was asking me about you know this kind of thing and you know, what what watch can I get that will allow me to track. Um, him when he's out on his bike and stuff like that and I was like you know I mean I can I can totally appreciate it and it's it's never well I mean I'm sure for some parents it is but it's 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 never comes across as being sort of overbearing and creepy it's really just kind of like I would like to know that if if I haven't heard from you or something uh, I can check and you know and if you're in a weird place then that would be something to worry about Um, and but at the same time you know like it, it could just be uh, you know, are are they on their way home now? Kind of thing. When should I expect them? Yeah, I I like the idea of it, and I can I think it's a really good use of technology. Um, but of course, there's no excuse for these devices to have shoddy security. It, it's just unthinkable to me that it, you know you would design a device like this and make it 
even slightly possible for people to get in and and sort of you know I mean, the, the stuff they're talking about is quite alarming really um and it would be alarming if it was an adult's device but it's not it's a kid's device and that makes it even more alarming um and you know being able to communicate with the, the, the people wearing it i know that's that's bad that's really bad so i don't know i think what perhaps what needs to happen is uh someone uh you know like a a, a big brand needs to um be re- sort of responsible for doing a device where you can trust them. I mean, you could give your kids an Apple Watch. If I mean, obviously, it's extremely expensive. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I guess if Apple built that functionality in, you would probably trust Apple, wouldn't you? Yeah, Or even absolutely. Android Wear, to be honest. Like, I mean, you know, if if it was, if, if someone, if, you know, if, if perhaps if there was a sort of a, a set of apps you could install on an Android Wear watch that would give you that functionality, that might be better. But... Who knows? It's difficult. And of course, they all have to have 4G built in. So that's not exactly easy um, or 3G or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a big problem. But the, the, the tech is something that parents ask for a lot. And I've had a lot of conversations with parents about it. So I think there's a need for it and it needs to be done well. Yeah, I mean, I think the products themselves are, are, are very, very interesting, too, because they're designed, they're designed for this use specifically. You know, they have... <clears throat> they have um they have a sim card built in that can connect to multiple mobile networks and they can also roam which means you can it's not like you're just confined to using them in uh, you know in britain yeah uh, if you were overseas in uh, in europe let's say then you know they're, they're still going to work that's that's you know i think yeah. quite a, a key thing as well um and i think they I, I when i was researching the story i remember seeing um one amazon review for for one of the the products that said that um you know they can be used quite effectively for adults with learning difficulties um one person said that it was actually a really useful piece of technology to have for those people because because they're incredibly easy to use and if that person does get into trouble or gets lost somehow then all the functionality designed for children can actually be equally effective for an adult so i think it's good that these things exist and i think it's a shame that you know they're getting some bad press for this but at the end of the day if bad press helps improve the products and security then overall maybe that's a good thing you know we've certainly not had you know we've not had reports that these have been hacked and children have been kidnapped no that's not happening so it's more a a vulnerability that can i I don't think that's really how kidnapping works anyway i mean if that if that was actually a thing that's almost certainly not the way I, i assume that kidnappings are not usually not in this country at least they're not targeted are they they're opportunistic attempts at you know whatever and so it's not like i don't think this would necessarily make people a target uh, it's just creepy that, that, that the security isn't good enough to protect the, the users. Yeah. Well, let us know if you've used one of these products um, or if you would use one uh, with, with your kids because that's I think there's some real value in understanding why people may or may not want to use this. So it'd be great to hear some examples. Podcast at natelangston.com. Well, this story broke just before we started recording today. Uh, The BBC had this story. Vodafone EE and 3 are apparently continuing to charge customers for the mobile phones that uh, their customers buy as part of a contract, even after the cost of the handset has been paid off, according to research from Citizens Advice. Now, part of me wants to say, well, obviously... 
Uh, but apparently this is big news to, to everybody. Uh, <laughs> Citizens Advice found that customers who do not take out a new contract are paying an average uh, of £22 extra a month. This is after their, the period of time that covers the cost of the handset. Uh, the government said that mobile firms need to do more to inform customers when they've paid for their handsets. The operators have said that their billing systems are fair. Uh, Vodafone in particular, which I picked out here because I'm a customer uh, and can attest to this, says... Um, that that uh, wherever possible, we contact customers nearing the end of their contract to offer them a range of options. These include being able to upgrade their handset, receiving an extra allowance to enhance their existing plan, or if they choose, a SIM-only plan. Uh, now, I've had that. I've had Vodafone call me and say, hey, you're coming up to the end of your plan. Here's what you can do to renew. Because they want to lock you into another 12 or 16 sure. or 18 or months or whatever. Um, so I've experienced that. The problem is... Ian. I've been, I'm, I'm so glad to be out of that 18-month grind, I've got to say. Because when I started phones, I, I was on 12-month contracts, and I could just about live with that. Two years is too much life to give up, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I agree completely. And there are, you know, there are networks and, and you know, plans you can get that let you upgrade every year. But it's, a, it's an added premium on top of the... Oh, yeah. And it's not cheap either. I mean, what's, what's that iPhone package? It's like 50-odd quid a month, it, isn't It's it? quite a lot. I mean, I think O2 Refresh, I think that's what they do with, with, with that. There are a range of these options. But the fact remains that if you look at the, the amount of money you pay for a phone as part of a contract, not the upfront cost, but the amount you pay over a period of time, you're talking probably like double the cost of the phone or something ridiculous. Like I've Do you always... think it is that much? Because when I've looked into this, I've looked at the cost of buying a phone outright and I've looked at the cost of a tariff and all that kind of stuff. And the conclusion I reached most of the time was that it wasn't, it wasn't that much of a saving to buy the phone. It was a saving, but I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say double, but I don't know. I would imagine it is something like that. So let's 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 do a little live experiment, shall we? So I'm on sure. the Vodafone website, iPhone 8 Plus, 5.5 inch display. I'm going to choose this. I'm going to go for a black one. I'm going to go for the 64. Oh, no, no, you, want, you want the gold one, mate. The hypothetical <laughs> man in me thinks this is irrelevant. Well, that um, hypothetical man is an idiot. Get the gold one. Right. Pick. I'm going to I'm going to pick the black one. I'm going to pick 64 gig because let's be fair about things. Now, the yes. cheapest contract I can get this for on Vodafone as a brand new customer on a 24-month, two-year contract, it's £60 up front for the device and £58 a month, right? 58 quid. Blimey! Right. So, 58 quid a month? So if we do 58 multiplied by 24, because it's £58 a month, you're paying £1,392 uh, over the course of that uh, contract period for yeah. your phone. Now we go to Apple and we're going to go to apple.com slash UK and we're going to pull up iPhone 8 and we're going to see how much it costs unlocked. So this is obviously without a um, a contract. That's six, isn't it about 650 quid or something? So iPhone 8 Plus, I'll pick the same one. I'm going to pick black. Oh no, it's, it's the plus, it's more than that. And I'm picking 64 gigabytes. Brand new, that's 800 quid. Right. So... 800 quid to buy the phone new. Yeah. And 58, uh, and how much did we say? Yeah. 1,400 um, quid over right. the cost of two years. Now, okay, but the, now, yeah, now you need to do that. What's the t- tariff on its own? Exactly. So, so now what we have to do is we have to go for a SIM only deal. And what we want is to get the. Uh, how, mu- how much data did you have on that? That was microphone? a four, four gigabytes. Right. Four oh, gigabytes. Right. 
outright. Yeah. So well, it's it's not because I'm 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 on unlimited data tariff. But. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking I'm looking here, and they don't actually do a SIM only four gig, uh, four gigabyte plan, but they do have a two gigabyte plan or an eight gigabyte plan. So if we take just for anecdotal fun here, well, two, I would say go for the eight gig. Eight gig. Okay, let's go for the eight gig plan. So you're actually getting more for this. That's seventeen pounds a month. Right. Well, that's pretty reasonable, actually. It is, yeah. So if you take 17, multiply that by 24, yeah, that's 408 pounds. Right. Added on to 800 quid is about 1,200 quid. 1,200, yeah. So it's about 200 pound difference. So a 200 pound difference. However, I mean, actually, yeah. to be perfectly honest, that was also one done with a 12-month contract on the SIM. Right. So if you if you did it, I think for month by month, it month, would be more expensive. Month by month, which you probably would, because why would you tie yourself into a sim only well, contract? Well, absolutely not. I mean, well, because you because you save some money, basically. But and I, I think most people sort of accept that they're probably not going to want to move in twelve months. From, well, they have a five network. gigabyte plan here. Okay, well, that's um, probably a bit fairer. Yeah, five gigabyte plan with five hundred minutes. The other one had unlimited minutes. Is that month by month, thirty days? That's thirty days. Yeah. So and who is who is billing minutes these days? For God's sake! Oh my goodness! Well, if you ever go out and make any calls or something outside of your allowance on a Vodafone contract, be in is for it... a hell. It's six pounds per two hundred and fifty meg of data for one thing. My God! I know, and and a cost to like a you know oh uh, three four five number or what would be a local rate on a BT landline is something like fifty p a minute. Okay, well, so to, to to tie this, so basically, the pricing is isn't isn't as big difference as you suggested, is it? it? It's really actually quite modest. Well, when you factor in when you factor in the 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 um the cost of the the contract as well, you're looking at somewhere between two and three hundred pounds. Yeah, additional and, and 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 bearing in mind that that means you don't have to find the money up front for the phone. You still have to pay um, £60 up front for the phone, so you should really, okay. so you should really that, I mean, add yeah, that on to the end as well. But, so it's more but you like, don't have to find £700, do you? No, you, you don't. But but you would if we added that on, then you're also adding on something like, what, £60? So it's somewhere between £350 and £450 premium. Okay. Over I mean, the look, the phone. I, I, so I it's, about, it's about 50% extra. Okay, yeah. Based I mean, on it's, this it's one, not an outrage. It's not an outrage. It's just that it's a fact. I, I think it's totally fair. My argument was, you know, isn't that um, that it's wrong. I, I yep. don't have anything a problem with this. It's more that you know this is not a new thing. You know, this is no. this has been around for a long time. You are better off in You're penalized general for being lazy. Basically, if you don't have your wits about you at the end of your contract to renegotiate it down or to change providers, then. What, who's going to have it? Why is anyone wasting time on this? Is my is my point about the story? It's like why why is citizens' advice and the government involving themselves in this particular problem, which isn't a problem? To get you know PR onto but, you know but, technology but like, why podcasts. Not, why not pick something that people are genuinely annoyed about? Well, people like, are generally annoyed about anything that affects you know consumer finance. Yeah, but this is finance. something that you've got complete control over. Like this isn't something where by so <clears throat> for example. Um, I'm annoyed because um, three made me jump to a, a tariff that was twice the price of my old tariff because they, they realised that it wasn't profitable. There. So I was on a £12 unlimited data tariff and they bumped it up to like 20 quid. 
you know, uh, why why wouldn't the government involve itself in saying, well, look, you can only increase it by X amount or, you know, or once someone's in a contract, you can't do it. Or any of the other things about mobile networks that are annoying, but not the simple fact that at the end of a contract, you either renegotiate it or you don't. <clears throat> I just don't understand why it's a thing. It's it's a, It's annoyed me from the fact that this is just down to people being lazy. We've all done it. Like, how many things have you sort of not bothered to renegotiate? I mean, like, energy, for example. It's very easy to just sit on a tariff, isn't it? You could be saving hundreds of pounds a year. Well, the fact is, and I've said this for a long time, that you're better off... If you if you want a phone and you're thinking of taking out a contract and you can't afford to pay the upfront cost of the phone, you are better off by a large margin in getting a credit card with, you know, like a 20% yes. APR, getting a credit card, putting it on your credit card, paying it off over the cost of 12 months, you'll pay probably a quarter of yeah. your total interest on that phone. Maybe... I think if you do it on like a 19 or 20% APR plan, you're talking about maybe 80 or 90 quid interest well, or over the course even, of a year. There must be some, still must be some 0% cards around for new purchases. There almost are, almost certainly are, but usually so, the 0% you pay off within like 60 days or something. But but even well, if you're paying off, you know, the minimum, you're paying off, a, you know, one twelfth every month of a year, you're going to be spending about, just under 900 quid on a new iphone instead of paying the equivalent of about 1200 quid yes you know so it, it's 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 worth considering it, it's yeah. a weird one because you you sort of think well that's a, a hell of a hassle to get a card and do all this but the fact is it's the way of saving money getting what you want you know before you can technically afford it but also not being locked into a contract you can sell that phone then in 12 months time when the new one comes out and iphones and samsung's tend to hold yeah. their value quite well yeah, so yeah they are pretty good you yeah. know you'll well, get a lot of that money back iPhones. like you, you you can resell an iphone for a decent sum of money yeah. or, or perhaps even trade it in and go to you know get get the phone that way so that's some uh, consumer advice uh, for you all um if you've been using any of these tactics or strategies or have some alternatives uh, to share with us about how to save money over a two-year contract period or equivalent uh, let us know podcast at natelangson.com in uh, this week i wrote a column uh for our patrons uh, awesome who, who support us on uh, one of our medium level tiers um, and I thought it'd be worth talking about this topic because I think that um, that it's of probably quite wide interest um, what what happened I titled the column beware the quote sync sync as in <laughs> S-Y-N-C-S-I-N-K of 4G tethering and the reason I felt compelled to write this for our patrons coming off your, ho- your honeymoon where you were 4G tethering precisely would you like to have a guess? Have you read this article, by the way? Uh, funnily enough, no, I haven't, uh, okay. because you haven't sent it to me, and I'm not a Patreon. <laughs> That's a fair point. Well made. <laughs> uh, but yes. Okay. Well, the the fact is, I would like you to guess how much data I used over my seven-day honeymoon okay. recently in Wales. Um, seven days in a middle of nowhere with what. nothing to do. I'll give, you a, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a couple of hints. 30 gig. Let me give you a couple of hints. Okay. You can revise that if you wish afterwards. Okay. Uh, I had the... What was it? It was in... The SIM was in the iPad. Okay. And tethered to that was an iPhone, uh-huh. Kate's iPad, and her Galaxy Note 8. Yeah. And she was gaming. And you she were was, gaming. She was gaming. I was gaming. And we were out most of the day. Right. 
So it's just the evenings. Did you watch any Netflix? Uh, we watched a couple of episodes of The Great British Bake Off and Dragon's Den. Okay, let's go for 10 gig. 65 gig. You are kidding. 65 gigabytes of data over the Holy week. moly. And I want to explain why. Because I think and how much did that cost you? Well, it, uh, it was all part of the existing plan. I didn't have any overage. Um, right. Because I had a, an EE SIM in the iPad uh, and I've got... Uh, a Vodafone SIM in the iPhone. So, and the the EE SIM had a uh, sixty gig uh, on it, and my uh, my Vodafone contract I think has twenty gig, and I used about five gig of that twenty as well. So basically, you used all of your data, pretty much. Yeah. And did you get to the end and think I could use some more, or did you just go, "That's it"? No, I still had I, I still had some left, but fortunately, okay. they were both very close to the end of the contract, uh, the the right. recycle period. So I actually got more data while I was still away. But that Excellent. was the total I used. Why is this interesting? Well, the reason I used so much data was not because of the gaming. It wasn't really even because of the streaming of the videos. It was because mm-hmm. of the fact that my iPhone and my iPad are both kept in perfect sync via iCloud. Uh, and what I was doing is at the end of the day, or in fact during the day, um, some of the time, I was taking the SD card out of my my SLR camera. It's a Sony A7R two. Uh, uh-huh. I had it shooting in HDR at full resolution. So those JPEGs come out at about 25 meg each on average, t- between 20 and 25 meg. Yep. And I was importing those into the iPad using the SD card adapter. Yep. And and then Good what feature we, that. It's a great feature. And it's, it gave me great peace of mind while we were away that, you know, all my honeymoon pictures weren't being stored on a SD right. card that could be lost or damaged or stolen. Um, they were all being backed up onto the iPad. But then the iPad... Using iOS 11, which you can use to sync your photo library now, it was then sending those photos up to iCloud. But then the iPhone was pulling those photos back down from iCloud, and any photos and videos I took on the iPhone were then syncing up to iCloud and syncing back down onto the iPad. So, you know, one photo, let's say a photo was 25 meg, would actually use 50 meg of data in total because of the two ways that it was syncing. That's incredible. You know, on top what? of that, and I turned that feature on because I have so much data on the iPad that, yeah. you know, it's it's worth doing for me. But that's fine. Plus, we were doing the syncing. We were loading maps. We were sending video to family and friends sometimes. You know, we were streaming from Apple Music quite a lot of the time. There was a lot of stuff we were doing. But I wanted to sort of, I didn't want to have to worry about about data and there was very poor internet in this little cabin in the middle of nowhere in wales where we were so you know i stuck the iphone in a tree at one point i had the ipad propped up against glass at one point and i just sort of set it and forget it leave it out but because i've been used to having you know very high speed fiber optic internet at home you never worry about things like syncing and data you know vodafone vodafone virgin media told me i use over a terabyte of data a month or something on our fiber line and it's because (laughs) i've got about a billion apple devices all kept in sync with each other and so you never think about it it's not until you go out on a technically a limited data plan and you leave all this stuff active and suddenly you realize just how much data the 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 ways that we use to sync devices to each other actually uses and it was a real bit bit of a bit of wake up call for me because you know if you'd have been on a a, a limit a more limited data plan or if you were roaming or or something similar that's going to use up an awful lot of your data without oh, you necessarily yeah. noticing in in time 
It's quite, I mean, I would be interested in Apple looking into ways to, so for example, you know, you've got AirDrop. So you could sync with AirDrop, but it's not very fast, is yeah, it? Yeah, and AirDrop, for those who don't know, is um, kind of like a peer-to-peer sharing system between two local devices. I would like to see uh, maybe Apple think about like doing something with that where it goes, well, let's not use data if we can possibly um, you know, just do it locally. Because why burden the cloud with that? twice essentially i mean it's okay to put it up once but you know what you know why if people generally don't have unlimited data anywhere anymore do they because that went away so it would be quite good for them to sort of think about that but i mean but i think i mean you could do different things i mean you can turn that feature off the syncing thing um, yeah, sure. And you can do the same with, you know, with drives. Is I was talking about photos, but you can do this with files as well. And and you yeah. can do this even even more flexibly on, on Android. It has oh, yeah, a, you, t- you, <laughs> you know, you can you can do a lot of syncing on Android. The problem is when you're tethering as well, even if you say don't do this on cellular, uh, then you because it looks like Wi-Fi when you're tethered, doesn't it? So that it would still do all that syncing. So you, it, it, it makes it a little bit harder, doesn't it? And you I, have and, to actually physically remember to turn the feature off entirely if you want to save data. And that definitely happened a bit when kate's android phone was tethered to me because the android the, the apple devices know when they're tethered to each other they actually yes, have a different it's icon a proprietary system isn't it it is but 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 that's not in place between android and ios so uh an, an ios device to an android effectively just looks like any other wi-fi hotspot um, which, so the Apple devices don't necessarily they don't treat it like Wi-Fi if they're sick if they're connected to each other as a hotspot. So that's quite I didn't know that I, actually. I believe not. I I, I believe not. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff about Apple that's not always that easy to know, and I, I kind of think I should probably know this. Yeah. But actually, it's not always obvious, is it? No, because tethering tethering's a weird one because tethering. Uh, you know often involves carrier support you know you yes. you actually need the network to support tethering which i've yeah, always found I... very unfair because in the, the day you know when you're on a limited data plan it should be up to you what you want to use that data for true you know true. but, but it stops you doing I mean, things so like th- overseas roaming and, and getting into trouble perhaps having a laptop well, yeah, tethered to and, an iPhone. and even if you have a tethering agreement you won't be you won't be able to do it overseas i wouldn't well for mo- for the most part <clears throat> i don't know what the rule is with europe with tethering is it is it included as part if you've got it as a so for example on my three unlimited data tariff i have 30 gigs of tethering allowed which is pretty generous really presumably but i don't imagine i could use that in europe could i i can on my vodafone Interesting. I should I should look it up. Someone's going to email us. I probably won't look it up. Just email me. Someone out there must be on three and know the answers. Just tweet yeah. me or something. If you've <laughs> if you if you've tethered uh, across Europe or, or anywhere out of your home country, because um, you know listeners around the world will have different views on this. Let us know how it works for you, or if you've run into problems. Podcast at natelangston.com. Be really interested to hear that. Um, and, you know, it's just something we've got to be more aware of, you know, as we're increasingly using mobile data for, you know, quite heavy home-like internet usage. Uh, we're going to have to be, I think, aware of this. I think it's going to become, I don't think it'll become a problem as such, but I think it's something that people need to be to be thinking about a little bit, that if they're leaving their devices all on in sync, they may well, um, you know, be eating up data. The other thing, of course, is um, they can eat up battery 
which is a, another yeah. issue if you're away from home. Well, we had we had a conversation about exactly. It, you? Basically, you ordered me to turn off that data sync because I was just it, it killing my battery. I'm not sure if I ordered you as much as I suggested it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I just like the idea, like you. I like the idea that every time I take a photograph, it, it shoots up to the cloud and is there. And I, I just really like that. I mean, I've never, I haven't lost a phone for. I don't think I've ever lost a phone. So it's quite unlikely I'm going to lose a phone. But even so, I'm like, I just like the security of knowing that the photos are safe. So if I don't do me- it yeah. anymore. If, it is turned off still. So If memory serves, you were using Amazon, the Amazon. That, that's the thing. I'm using all of them. So it, all my photos go to Google, Amazon and Apple. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, why? Why? It's ridiculous. You end up with photos and you're like, I don't really want this photo. I can't get rid of it because it's in three places and it will just turn up again. (laughs) It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like, you know, it's so out of control. But the thing is, Amazon is brilliant. It gives you unlimited photo storage for Prime, including RAW files, which I absolutely love. Uh, so I, I'm, you know, increasingly I'm putting all of my photos that I've ever taken on there, and it may eventually allow me to cut down some local storage because I've got a lot of um, raw files that I probably don't need to keep. So I could just delete all the raws for older stuff, but they'd still be on Amazon, and then they're there if I ever felt for some reason that I needed to get them back. But yeah. that that service is brilliant, and of course I just iCloud is so much easier for you know just for having an automated thing where they turn up on all your apple devices that's great for that you know it's um i I, it's i it's probably i don't need to put them everywhere um and google gives you unlimited storage for compressed images so i I believe that's the least useful i believe if you buy a pixel it actually increases that to it's unlimited unlimited for even the originals yes uh to be honest with you my theory on that is that although the images it says are compressed when you upload them uh, my theory is they still have the original um and that they don't let you see it but i i suspect it's still there because i i believe that's how youtube works i don't think it is. that with youtube they delete the original file they don't know. so so yeah so because that, that enables them to go and then go back to it later doesn't it so if you do a, if you put a 4k upload now um they might not have the ability to stream it at full quality but in 10 years time they can get an extra you know, because YouTube is actually quite crap if you look at the data rates. Um, but you know, it's it's it, uh, they're they're clever, so I suspect that those photos are still there in their original form. Well, let us know any thoughts you have uh, on the the syncing and, of course, the tethering, particularly the international tethering uh, issue that we've talked about. Let us know podcast at natelangson dot com. Uh, and if you'd like to get uh, the weekly columns that we post on Patreon, then uh, maybe do consider uh, joining us on our, our mid tier. Uh, patreon.com forward slash UK tech. London's new electric taxis, very exciting in, are almost ready for the public, according to Engadget. Uh, This is a very interestingly timed story, given all the Uber uh, news going around in London. We've not had any more developments about that uh, recently, by the way. They nearly missed their appeal date, though, didn't they? Well, they've... they've, (laughs) They had like 24 hours left, and then they suddenly filed it. Often appeals are filed at the very last minute. But hey-ho. Six test vehicles are being introduced uh, to the city streets this week, and this is ahead of a planned rollout later this year. 
year, uh, drivers who are participating in this trial are going to be helping collect data for the manufacturer about potential emission savings and, frankly, the the reality, I believe, of using London's charger network, which, you know, depending on where you are, can be can be patchy. But the interesting thing about these vehicles is they're actually really quite good. Um, we'd seen the new vehicle. It was called the TX5 initially in late 2015. Um, but inside, it's a 1.3 litre, three-cylinder petrol engine, blah, blah, blah. I don't know anything about cars, but I believe that's fine. Um, but the petrol... Oh, well, it's, yeah, it is. But it's interesting note that they've, they're now using petrol, not diesel, which is great. Oh, so the current one's a diesel. Oh, God, yeah. And that, it's a huge problem. Like, the same with buses, obviously, because you, you can't run a bus on petrol. But, um, yeah, yeah, they're all, they're all diesels. And, I mean, it makes sense because you basically you're running it all day. Um, so you need a bit of economy. And also, uh, diesel engines are, are okay if they're run sort of all the time. If you're always driving around, it makes more sense. Uh, they're terrible when they're cold. But um, I don't know what size engine they would have been. They would have probably been like a 1.6 or a 1.9, I guess. But... You know, you, you, if you've been in a taxi, it's not the most smooth experience, is it? So I reckon the electric will really help with that bit. OK, well, that's really interesting. Uh, more interesting than I thought it was in that case. But beca- And the petrol engine acts as a generator for the battery yeah. pack. And the Can el- I tell you something about that? Yes. Um, when Years and years ago, Vauxhall introduced uh, what was the... Um, the what was it? it was the Volt, wasn't it, in the US? And it's the Ampera here. No idea. Um yeah, uh, and basically that is a, a car that's it's a, its wheels are driven electrically. Um, I believe all the time. I think that's right. So you know, normally an engine drives the wheels directly, but with with those cars, the um, the electric motors drive the engine drive the wheels. Uh, but I said to them, so why uh, why don't you allow people to run it so that the engine is running and it's charging up the battery uh, all the time? And they were said that that's the least efficient way of doing it. So it's interesting that they've gone for that. But I, I can sort of see why. But I wonder, is it... I suppose there'll be different modes, basically, because you could either run it so that you do your 70 miles on a charge and then it's flat and then you you go and plug in and have some lunch and then you get back in it and you do another 70 miles. I don't know what a, ca- a cab driver uh, does in a day. If there's anyone listening, that'd be quite interesting to know, actually. Um, so, But, of course, electric cars don't use power when they're stationary. So, you know, it's not like if you're waiting for fares, you have to worry about that. But it would be interesting to sort of, like, you know, the idea of using it with a petrol engine. Like, it was, it would be so much cheaper for taxi drivers to just do it electrically and charge up rather than running the, the little petrol motor. But, you know, it's an interesting idea, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, but other features that the, that this has, and this is where we get more to the, to the, tech, uh, the tech aspect, um, well, one bit that isn't so much tech, if it's running as a pure EV electric vehicle, it can do about 70 miles on a single charge, which doesn't seem very much for a taxi that's going to be going around London all day. Um, but with the with the petrol assistance, that rises to 400 miles. So it's yeah. classed as a zero emissions capable vehicle, even if it's not actually emitting zero fumes itself. Yeah. It's it's kind of tries to be the best of both worlds without actually being fully one or the other um, but the tech side uh, on the inside six seater by the way it's got contactless card machine in it which has been a, a mandatory requirement of all vehicle all of these taxis in london since uh, since last year it also has onboard wi-fi and usb charging um, drivers are going to have a sat nav 
upfront built in uh, with information about traffic congestion, uh, the nearest electric charging locations, as well as integration with taxi hailing apps like Get, MyTaxi uh, and Cabby, which are the, the most popular ones here in, in London other than Uber, um, to help drivers obviously compete with Uber. So they're really they've really stepped it up. Like n- there are no vehicles like this in in a in a taxi I've ever been in. Um, most taxis I've ever been in are they're not exactly high tech any, anywhere in no. the world. Um, well, no, but you've, what you've got to appreciate those, those taxis are perfectly designed for doing the job they do in London. That they're, they're you know their their um, their turning circle is such that you can you know turn in pretty much any street. All the drivers all know exactly how big the car is, so you know you, it, you'll never see them doing like a fifteen point turn because they're just they just you know they're just perfectly designed for London. Um, and yeah, they're not the most comfortable things in the world, but I guess most journeys are like you know ten minutes two miles at the most i guess yeah so it's interesting but uh, you know I, I i like i mean we've got to do something i probably like a lot of people was just not aware of how bad the air in london is and it doesn't it's not too bad you don't feel like it's bad when you're there but from a particular point of view it's a disaster and it needs to be sorted out quite fast um and i guess one of the ways to do that is to take off as many of the cabs as possible you know they're doing a scrappage scheme as well so uh, all new taxis from Net January 2018 must be uh, hybrid. I think they. I think I don't know if they have to be petrol or if they're. They just have to be like be capable of dri- being driven electrically. Um, and then they're doing like a scrappage scheme where cabs up to ten years old can be taken off the road early, and you get a rebate on the. You know the uh, TfL is giving drivers a rebate on uh, a new cab because they're obviously monstrously expensive. Yeah, and it's quite you know, but obviously it's a good way of getting those cars off the road because we should have hybrids. It's one of the good things that Uber did do is you know most of those drivers are in hybrid cars. Yeah, and, it's a problem. You know, as much as the, as much as the black cabbies hate them, it's it's better. Well, let us know any thoughts you have. Of course, podcast at natelangson dot com. Well, that's it for the news uh, this week. We did have some others that we that we didn't get to that we did tweet out uh, on at text message pod, which is where we, we tweet all the news through the week that we may discuss at the weekend. And uh, obviously, it's another way for you to get in touch with uh, opinions or, or replies for those stories. Uh, we we tweeted but didn't talk about uh, news about the BlackBerry Motion, a sort of slightly rugged phone uh, coming to UK stores, which I don't think anybody else noticed. Um, and why would you? I, lo- I just love the way you've described it in the thing. It sort of lurches onto UK shores. Yeah, well, I can't take credit for that, unfortunately. That was actually the headline from the register. Ah, um, right. Yeah, well, that's very register, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. Um, UK government uh, could force petrol stations to in- install EV chargers, which is interesting because I know Shell has been installing a few EV chargers at some of its stations. So it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, so those are just a couple of stories that we tweet out. So do follow us on at text message pod uh, for just to keep up through the week with uh, the UK specific uh, tech news that matters um, in the mailbag this week. Firstly, I just wanted to say thank you to the many, many people who have written in or tweeted with kind words about my recent wedding. So uh, thank you very much. We really should tweet uh, maybe a couple of pictures out or something of uh, of you and I at the wedding because there's some 
Some very nice yeah, ones we, of us getting I, I said I was going to do it, and then I just decided to have loads of fun instead. Yes. <laughs> I didn't send a single tweet. Well, I have evidence of of that fun. Um, <coughs> so I'll be... Good. Uh, yeah, uh, some good photos, actually, weren't there, from, yeah. like, from all of the sources? I think, we'll, I think we'll, we'll, we'll tweet a couple of those out after the show goes out. Uh, maybe post some on, uh, on the Patreon uh, as well. Uh, but this email came in uh, after we talked about... Uh, paperless travel contactless payments and things and we'd we'd sort of asked if anybody um, had examples of alternatives that their local community uses uh, like we have oyster in london and um, tokyo has suica card and, and things like that um, richard oldroyd wrote in and said um, regarding paperless travel i regularly use my walrus card i love that name walrus yeah um issued by mersey travel to travel to work so this is uh, i i presume in in merseyside um uh, the Walrus card, it works a lot like the London Oyster card. You can use it for bus, for ferries, and for the train. And you top it up at uh, at a pay point, like a lot of people use to top up uh, mobile phones and, and pay bills and things. So, uh, But it seems to work It works the same. It's not just us in, in, in London that have... Uh, they have the, the the contactless the contactless thing, uh, and apparently they can also use the bus company app uh, on the on Android, which is uh, the Arriva Arriva service or Arriva. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce. Uh, I, I think it's Arriva. I think it's Arriva as well, um, but you can you can use that as well, and um, you know you've got your your sort of tickets um, on the device. So yeah, it's great. Uh, so let us know any more comments you have or thoughts podcast at natelangson.com before we end the show uh, let's check in with Tom Merritt who's now safely nestled back in his La- uh, Los Angeles studio uh, Tom what has been going on this week since the wedding thanks Nate this week on DTNS we covered what you do and don't need to worry about regarding the crack Wi-Fi vulnerability debated whether we need a nice web discussed why it is the coffee shop noise bothers people less than office noise and I think I hit on Netflix's next wave of business strategy plus we evaluated Twitter's calendar of safety changes all that and more at dailytechnewsshow.com thank you Tom mate um Great. Well, I think that just leaves us to say that if you haven't listened to Ian and Tom do the live Daily Tech News show, uh, show, uh, do go and check it out. Tom Checks Into London is the show at uh, dailytechnewsshow.com. Um, it was from, what date would it have been? It would have been the uh, 9th. The day after the day after your wedding. Yeah, the 9th of October, I think. So go and listen to that show. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's great to hear Ian and uh, and Tom in a live setting. And our friend Will Harris, of course. Yes. Uh, who yes. I used to work with for a number of years. Is, yeah, um, I mean, it, uh, he's another one we, we've talked about uh getting on the show so we must sort that out as well mustn't we i think so yeah we'll, we'll get him on we'll get west away on um hell we'll probably get tom on again soon get all the podcasters <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on um but in the meantime uh thank you again to our patrons supporting us please do give us a shout uh give us a try rather uh at patreon.com slash uk tech uh you can support us from a little as one dollar a week frankly that's a big part of the reason why we're we're still around and still able to do extra stuff um, for patrons is we've we've got a, a lovely community of people um, who are able to support us over there. Um, there's no commitment, of course. You can try us for a, a week or a month or something and, and cancel if you wish. Uh, but I hope you could give us a try. And if you uh, aren't able to do that, then thank you just for listening and for telling your friends and family, for leaving us fantastic reviews in iTunes and other app stores that helps us just as much uh, keep the show alive so thank you in whatever way uh, you're supporting us and i think on that note ian uh, we'll see them i, I think uh, let, me, let me check here i think um he's yes. checking his uh, checking diary calendar. uh yes next next week mate next yes week.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.